When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's that Badger style. Hi, my name is Brian Laura, and you're listening to the Cricket Batcher podcast. I know that seems like there are many issues surrounding this World Cup that has been discussed. Like weather is one of them. Zim Bales are is is also another issue. Robin Round, uh, ten teams participating in this World Cup, and so on. And then like a lot of things have been actually said and discussed about all these items. Like I personally love the Test cricket and really looking forward to an international Test championship. But like, what do you think about the future of ICC World Cup, or like, what do you think about the future of international cricket in this era of like franchise cricket? I know the players like EBD Villiers said that IPL is actually better than a World Cup. In fact, Decock said uh, like in a week ago or so that IPL 2019 final was more emotional than 2015 World Cup semi-final against New Zealand. So what's your thought about the future of uh, international cricket and, and this era of franchise cricket? If I could just go back very quickly to the start of your question with the, the weather in England. Last June in, in England, it was the Football World Cup and everybody was walking around with their shorts on and T-shirts on trying to celebrate England's march to the semi-finals. It's been unseasonable weather for England during that week that we had where I saw a lot of comments on social media with people saying, well, it shouldn't be played in England. The ICC have made a massive mistake taking it to England. It's a disgrace, blah, 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 blah. And yes, we obviously saw some no results in that set that week, but... England invented the game. This is a country that loves its cricket. We, we know how to stage a good tournament. We've got some terrific grounds in England. We just had a one week where the rain disappointed everybody. And I think we've seen over the last week, you know, we've seen some terrific games in the last week, but the sun's started to come out again as well. So hopefully that's uh, that will quash that argument about the weather. The Zing Bales, I, I have no answer for that. That's just a, it's just crazy, isn't it, that the ball can hit the stumps and the bales don't come off, whether they're heavier or, or lighter, if it's something to do with the technology inside. It's something that the ICC do need to take away from this World Cup and make sure it doesn't happen again. Because if the ball grazes the stumps, the bales should come off, that batsman's out. We've got all the technology and stuff, but the bales can't fall off. It doesn't make sense. They're the first couple of points that you made. Um, going on to the, the future of the World Cup, 
I, I think it's a, a superb tournament. You know, the fact that once every four years, the best players in the world from the best countries in the world come together for a festival of cricket. And it has been a festival in this country. Um, we're lucky in this country that we've got a very, it's very multicultural. And we've got people of Indian heritage, Pakistani heritage, Bangladeshi heritage, Sri Lankan heritage living in this country who, despite the fact that yeah, most of them were born in England, are quite happy to put on their replica shirts from their country of, of origin and support their, their Asian sides. That's a great thing. And the atmospheres in the grounds have been superb. And that is to be applauded. It's a fantastic thing to get everybody together, just celebrating cricket. And we've seen some good cricket as well during this World Cup. So I think it's, yeah, where, wherever it's played, it's a fantastic event. And 10 teams, we can be critical of that. I, I quite like the round-robin nature of, of the 10-team the format. Go back three days, it was getting a lot of criticism for the fact that the four teams of the semi-finals were, were supposedly almost penned in. Then we saw England lose, India struggle, and all of a sudden... You know, there's a few more permutations that could possibly happen and the round-robin nature of the tournament's alive and kicking again. I quite like it because it guarantees that the four best teams make the semi-finals. It's a World Cup and the four best teams should get to the final four. So for me, the round-robin nature of it, I, I quite enjoy. It also means that you know, a team like Afghanistan plays a lot of games and I think that can only be good for Afghanistan. And, and the fact that you, you're guaranteed a minimum of nine games from each team means that we see the best players from each of those sides play nine matches, which I think from a cricket perspective is a good thing. I, I guess the downside of it is, of reducing the numbers to 10, is that the likes of Scotland, who were very unlucky to just miss out to West Indies in terms of their qualification, Ireland, Zimbabwe, Netherlands, you know, some of the teams that are just bubbling under the top 10 don't get to come along and, and participate in a, in a in a major global tournament. And we've seen in the past that you know, Netherlands have caused upsets on, on the global stage. Ireland have done very well in previous World Cups. So you know, it's disappointing not to see some of those teams there. But you either take the round-robin nature and guarantee everybody nine games, or you, you, you play 12 or 14 sides in a World Cup and you split it into groups and have the potential that a team like India, say, if they didn't perform very well in that group, could go home after playing just three games. Now, the cynic in me would suggest that the ICC are never going to allow that to happen because India control a lot of the purse strings, dictate a lot of the finances of the game and the TV audiences and what have you. So one of the ways to get around that is to guarantee that India play at least nine matches. And, you know, it looks like they're going to play at least 10, if not 11 matches in this tournament. So, you know, there's, there's a, it's a balancing act to have. Personally, I'd love to see some of the uh, so-called smaller nations get a chance to come into a tournament like this and to shine. Uh, and it can only be good for the kind of reach of cricket to extend it to some of those nations as well. So I haven't really got an answer. I, I, I do like this format, but I'd love to see Scotland, Netherlands, Ireland and some of the other teams there as well. You can't have it both ways, really, can you? I suppose if you if you had four, uh, had 14 teams in it and you had two groups, you're guaranteeing you know, seven teams per group, guaranteeing six games each, aren't you? That might be a compromise between the two so that the islands and Netherlands of this world can participate against the Indians and, and the Englishmen of this world. That might be the way forward with it. But uh, it's all about fit, fitting it into a window as well. And I, I know some people think that this current World Cup goes on too long and having one game a day potentially makes it go on. And for, for, play, for people who aren't quite as... You know, mad on cricket as self and yourself. Having a, a game between a Sri Lanka and an Afghanistan on its own on a Tuesday potentially makes some people switch off from the tournament. I, I, I don't hold that uh, 
that thought. But, I, you know, I think some people do. And if you're trying to grow the game, and that's part of the reason he played tournaments like this, you're trying to grow the game and get people excited about it, inspire kids to pick up bats and balls and, and to come along and be fans, then you want every day to be fun-packed and exciting. And maybe two games a day might have been a, a better way forward. But generally speaking... I think the round-robin nature of this World Cup is a good thing. The fact that every team plays nine games, I think, is a good thing. And the fact that we get the four best teams into the semi-finals is a good thing. I think one thing that I want to find out from you, and I think I'm kind of literally comparing cricket here with soccer. Everything is about the franchise cricket. Like, uh, in the soccer, all the team would actually come together and play the World Cup. But I don't see that harmony playing as a nation at the World Cup in the soccer. The tournament like English Premier League or, or any other league, I, I do see the harmony playing. So do you think that at any point of a time in the near future or in the far future, like the franchise cricket would actually take over the interest of cricket? I really hope not. Is my honest answer on that. I think playing for your country should be the, the pinnacle of the game, whether you're Indian, English, Bangladeshi, Sri Lankan or from Netherlands, you know, playing for your country, putting on your shirt, hearing your national anthem should mean more to you than anything. It should mean more to you than money. It should mean more to you than anything that you have professionally in your cricket life because it is the, the supreme honour. It's your country saying you're one of our best 11. We trust in you. Go out there and perform for us and you've got your whole nation behind you. And that, it's special, isn't it? It's something I've never been able to do. I've never been good enough at anything to get anywhere near that. It's special. You know, to wear in England's case, the, the kind of three lions on your shirt, to, in India's case to have that badge on your, on your cap, that has got to mean more to you than anything. And I suppose it comes down to the argument between what, what's more important to you. Is it pride or is it money? Because the one thing that franchises give you is a very big bank balance. And we've seen cricketers get incredibly rich off the back of playing for Sunrisers, Hyderabad, Mumbai Indians, Chennai Super Kings, etc. But there comes a, a, a comes a time where money doesn't buy you doesn't buy your pride. You know, money fills your bank balances. It buys you a nice big house and a great car, and probably makes you more attracted to women. Which you know, each of those is a good thing. But it doesn't. It's not the same as playing for your country. Surely, I mean, what do you think? Do you, you know, if, if I was if, if I was to fill your body with talent, and you were, you were living in India. And you were offered the choice of playing for India or playing for your chosen franchise in the IPL. Which one would you take? I'm certainly fan of uh, basically international side. And to, to more so, I'm actually more like a test cricket lover. So like the T20 cricket is definitely not something that is so exciting. Except IPL is altogether a different tournament. I mean, I, I see IPL not just as a kind of a cricketing tournament but there are like a lot of things to actually watch out look for and follow at IPL so IPL I consider kind of a special tournament uh, eh, but other than that I'm also like a big supporter for international cricket and especially the test cricket I am actually a big uh, lover of like the county cricket uh, which is happening at uh, England and one of my goal my personal goal is to kind of uh, retire in, in UK and potentially enjoy all these uh, games being played out over there.
That's, that's a good plan. I, I, I admire it, and you, sh- you should do it. It's definitely a good thing. The, the county summer is a fantastic thing, and yeah, there's cricket every day pretty much during the English the English summer. Some would say too much cricket at times, but uh, yeah, definitely a good plan for your retirement, I'm sure. But going back to the franchise, time, I, I, I could give you an answer that's three hours long on this. I really could, because it's a very involved subject. And obviously in England, we've got the prospect of the 100 coming next year, which is uh, England's kind of fight back against the IPL, I guess, really, um, in truth, of, of trying to bring more money and, and more supporters into the game in England. I love the IPL. Don't get me wrong, I love the Big Bash. Perth Scorch is my team in the Big Bash. Mumbai Indians my team in the IPL. And I watch it religiously when I can. And, I, you know, great entertainment. I would argue the IPL maybe goes on a little bit too long. It's a very, very long tournament, but I think it's a, a superb tournament and you get excellent players participating in it. I, I still think uh, yeah, we, we need to get to have a, a situation in, in, in cricket, in, in the world of cricket, where all of these things can happen, all of these things can matter, and all of these things can go side by side and not come at the expense of the, each other. International cricket, for me, is the pinnacle. That needs to be played. Domestic cricket is incredibly important because not only is in the IPL situation, it is a massive event in itself, but you know all of these domestic tournaments around the world bring through players that are going to play for their country. You know, I think we're seeing with the West Indies now, it might not have worked for them at this World Cup, but the likes of um, Shai Hope and Nicholas Poor and uh, Shane Thomas coming through, they've come through to this level probably quicker than they otherwise would have done because of the Caribbean Premier League. And then because of their success in the Caribbean Premier League, they're being picked up by other tournaments around the world and their, their careers are developing at a serious pace and they're becoming very, very fine cricketers, which can only be good for the West Indies national team. So all of these things tickle the tummies of each other. But we've only got 365 days in a year. So that is the problem that we have here, that you know, there are these new tournaments growing cropping up we've got a there's a canadian tournament which i've seen that you've rushed things can go and play in there's a european t20 that's gonna gonna come into play which i understand is offering quite good money and is maybe putting off some players going to play in the caribbean premier league which i think is penciled in for around about the same time they're opting to go for the big books in, in europe instead so there needs to be some kind of kind of cap on all of this so that Test cricket can still have its moment in the sun. One day internationals and T20 internationals can still kind of fill in. And the T20 tournaments and the other tournaments, domestic tournaments around the world, still get their time to breathe, wave to the world. It's not an easy task, that, because 365 days sounds like a lot. But when you've got so much cricket being played, it isn't a lot. And you don't want players to burn out. You want them to be able to be at their best for every tournament they play in um, and not suffer injury and not have short careers because they're they're chasing the books and still trying to play for their countries. So that that's a key factor as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a complicated world that we live in and it's a complicated fixture list that we're, we're presented with each and every year. I would hate to see Test cricket and in England, the county cricket, suffer as a result of the 100 or the IPL infringing on on those tournaments and the hundred for me is um, not something I'm a, I'm a massive advocate of. I think in a, in a bid to be quirky and to try and appeal to new fans, the ECB are trying to bring in a tournament where they are changing the rules a little bit and trying to make it um, short and sweet and appeal to TV companies and appeal to a so-called new audience. But for me, you know, they're maybe just sort of tinkering with cricket a little bit too much in a bid to try and be, fancy and sexy and appeal to other people 
And for the new audience that they may be appealing to, it'll still look like cricket. So will they be interested? I'm not sure. And for the existing cricket fans in England, there is a severe worry that this new hundred is tinkering with the rules and it isn't cricket. So they're in danger. I think you're actually losing all of their fan base potentially with the hundred. And that, that's the, taking a lot of discussion in England at the moment. But I applaud the ECB for trying to do something different and trying to do something new because cricket in England does need a shot in the arm and it does need new supporters. You know, we can't just all get older and then die and not have anybody coming through underneath us. So we need to encourage the kids and need to encourage new supporters to come through and, and, and love the game as much as we do. But it's difficult. You know, being in charge of cricket is not something that I would necessarily want to do because you've got so many balls to juggle. You've got so much money that you want to try and make and you've got so many players you want to keep happy. You want to keep all the spectators happy. You want to keep all of the nations happy internationally. And there's, there's a lot to think about. To answer your question, to go back to the, the roots of it, I don't see a time where franchise cricket can ever take over from international cricket because it's not a special. No matter what you do, no matter how much you polish up a franchise, no matter how much you make that trophy big and you make the money big, of course it's going to seduce people and of course people are going to want to play in it and going to want to make money. It's not a specialist playing for your country. It can't possibly be, can it? The Cricket Badger podcast is brought to you in association with Cricket365.com. Their ethos, we love cricket and want to make the world love it as much as we do. Join them at Cricket365.com. Thank you very much to them for their support of the Cricket Badger podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.